Memphis Wrestling is back. Come and see the stars of Championship Wrestling from Memphis on Sunday, March 7th at 2 p.m. Limited tickets are on sale now at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com. is brought to you by Spunk Lube. Spunk Lube is the perfect blend of water and silicone. It is an all-purpose personal lubricant that can be used for any occasion. You will love the natural feeling and look of it. It is safe for sensitive skin. Go to spunklube.com and tell them shooting the shiznit sent you. better tell someone. Tell someone about stspod.club. Tell them now. Call them. Text them. Tell them. Telegram. Send them video messages. Whatever. Tell them. Right Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the right notes available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the right notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. Ryan Trammell, Rhino JB, rolling into Memphis. Premieres February 27th on ChampionshipWrestlingMemphis.com. Shooting the shiznit, shooting the shiznit. Best little wrestling podcast in the business. Your host, BT. And always guess, you never know who he'll have next. Shooting the shiznit, shooting the shiznit. Best little wrestling podcast in the business. Shooting the shiznit. We're live from STS Studios in Jones. Jonesboro, Arkansas. That's right. Nine o'clock PM. It's my bedtime, Neil. I have the real <laughs> deal. Neil Taylor. How's it going, man? Long time no talk to. Man, we haven't spoken what ten years? It's been a long time since since we've since we've uh, seen each other or talked. I know. I was looking for you because Dustin mentioned your name and I was just like uh let me let but let me look him up there on Facebook and then you were not you weren't anywhere to be found. I was like, what the hell? 
Uh, you, you, you deleted me. Just go ahead and say it. You well, I probably me. did. You said yeah. something political or I got tired of hearing about you hitting the road or, oh or God. I got jealous about something. So there well, I, I promise you in the last two years, you haven't heard anything about me being on the road <laughs> and, <laughs> and probably not nothing political. I try to try to stay away from that stuff. I know uh, the thing that people get tired of me probably is I just promote the hell out of this podcast and I don't say nothing about anything else. And when I do, it's like, uh, I even had people piss me off because I'd put a food fo- photograph up there and someone would go, man, that looks like shit. I wouldn't eat that. <laughs> I'd be like, damn, just give it a break, man. Just give it a break. All right, man. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything. Uh, I want to start right at the beginning and, and I kind of know this answer, but me and you've known each other, but we really hadn't just sat down and bullshitted maybe, maybe a couple of times, but, but nothing where uh, I know a lot about you. What I want to know is you growing up as a fan and what got you hooked on professional wrestling? Oh my gosh. I literally remember the first morning that I watched wrestling. Um, there was on USA on Sunday mornings, everybody remembers all American wrestling, right? WWF all American wrestling. Well, right before that, I think it was He-Man. The cartoon came on. Well, I loved He-Man. So I watched He-Man. I was watching He-Man one Sunday morning and, um, just left the TV on for whatever reason. And, um, all-American wrestling came on right after that, and I rem- I literally remember them recapping WrestleMania 5. So, yes, I'm telling my age right now, but <laughs> um, I remember them recapping WrestleMania 5 and me just kind of thinking, oh, this- I don't know about this wrestling stuff. And before you know it, I sat there and watched the whole thing, and oh, my God, what, 35 years later, here we are. <laughs> So it wasn't it Memphis wrestling. Memphis. See, anyone uh, growing up in this area always says Memphis, Memphis. I talked to Brett Michaels on uh, Tuesday, and we talked about him growing up in the area and, and watching Memphis wrestling. Yours was WWE, huh? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of odd. I It's like I discovered everything backwards. Uh, <laughs> first, uh, first started watching WWE, and then uh, uh, got to watching a little bit of, uh, well, it was NWA then, before it was WCW, and then, and then I actually didn't really discover Memphis wrestling until around 93, 94. And uh, I got in this conversation with Mr. Coffee one time and he said, son, you missed all the good stuff. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, well, that's me. I'm always late for the party. Yeah. I mean, you know, I started in 78. I'm a little bit older than you. So, uh, and then it seems like everybody in this area, that's, that's what they started on. So tell us, uh, who were your, uh, who were your, I wanted to say fan favorites, but you being the fan, who was your favorites growing up in the WWE there? Oh man. The, the, uh, the, the, it was nothing but Hulk Hogan. I was the biggest Hulk Hogan fan ever. Um, and I remember watching WrestleMania six and when ultimate warrior beat Hulk Hogan, I literally went into my front yard and cried. <laughs> I did. It was like, no, they cannot beat Hulk Hogan, but, um, Hulk Hogan, I was a big fan of, um, uh, believe it or not, Jim Duggan. I like Jim Duggan. Um, I like yeah. when I finally got switched over to, uh, WCW, of course, everybody loved Ric Flair. Uh, I was a really big doom fan. Um, remember, oh, wow. uh, remember, remember doom, Ron <laughs> oh, Simmons yeah, and Butch yeah. Reed. And, uh, was we really just big, lost butchery too. We just, I know that's so, yeah. that's so terrible. And, um, uh, I actually got to have a conversation with, with, uh, Ron Simmons one time about, about doom. And, uh, but th- those were, those were kind of the ones that stick out first and foremost to me. 
That's, I mean, it's funny because, you know, at that time I was quote unquote, the smart fan, you know, I was getting the observer and, uh, Dave Meltzer was telling me everything. So I hated Hulk Hogan. Uh, I went, I liked him at first, but then I hate him cause I was a smart fan. Uh, <laughs> so I went back and watched a lot of his stuff. Uh, I guess it was about five years ago and there's nobody except maybe Jerry law that really understands being a baby face and taking the beating and then making the comeback. And if you could ever understand that part of it and taking all that heat and what it meant, yeah. uh, the, he was one of the best ever when it came to that. Uh, just, a, I'm a huge, I mean, he's, you know, controversial. So what the hell he does a lot, all kinds of stuff. All right. I want to take you what, can you tell the story when we first met? Because me and Gene's told the story a couple of times, but do you remember when we first met? It seems like I do, and 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 you're gonna to have to forgive me, Brian, because it, I everything runs together with me. Oh yeah, me um, dates. I can yeah, really, well dates, times and places, and I literally have people come up to me now and it's like, hey, you remember we worked <laughs> together one time, and I was like, I think so, and he's like, oh yeah, well it was for company X Y Z and blah 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 blah, and it's like, what town was it? And they they would tell me, and it's like, okay. Uh, I think I remember, but, um, I remember, uh, I remember you and I meeting, I remember us doing a lot of, uh, communicating and first seemed like we first met at IWF, right? No, it was a uh, mid South out for a killer. You and Gene was there for killer and oh, y'all yeah. and y'all was, I can't remember who y'all was feuding with you. Didn't y'all, did y'all burn a Confederate flag or something? Yeah. Oh my god! Y'all got a little heat for that. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. We, um, yeah, I remember that we were working with, uh, uh, Kilo and Southern uh, pride. Yeah. yeah. Southern pride. And, uh, uh, what was his tag partner? Kane. Kane. Yeah. yeah. Kane or something. Kane. It wasn't citizen the big red, Kane. It was yeah, citizen. citizen Kane, not the big red machine. Kane. Right. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember it was one Sunday. We did this thing where, uh, uh, we were Southern destruction, which meant we hated the South and that whole thing. But um, it was the commissioner and I can't remember his name, but we literally took a um, Mike Anthony, Mike, Mike Anthony, Anthony yeah, Mike yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Uh, we took a, a lighter fluid bottle and filled it full of water. And uh, we went out, jumped him, rolled him up in a Confederate flag and hosed this thing down with what was supposed to have been lighter fluid. And oh my gosh, you those people came alive. Uh, Gene, and I don't know if Gene's told you the story or not. We actually had a lady and her grandson follow us to a gas station, like in Humboldt. Oh my god, and yeah. uh, it was a little bit of a scene there for a second until Gene got out of the card. And um, I think the quote was, and I don't know if I can really say this or not. Yeah, you can say anything you want to. We're not for the kids, lady. You better <laughs> get in your car and go home. The show's over, <laughs> and guess what. She got in her car and she left. The show was over. So the reason I remember that is it's happened to me only a few times. I hit <clears throat> uh, Dakota with the clipboard and she bladed and her head. Came, when she came up with her head, the whole crowd went silent. So the crowd's real, real hot for you guys are giving you all kinds of heat. And then when you're getting ready to light, you can hear just a silence outside. And I remember saying to somebody, what are they doing? <laughs> and you say they say come here come here and then when you go to light you know southern pride hits the uh yeah. ring and clears y'all it was a uh, hot again but there's some silence when you hear silence in little crowds like that you know you're doing something right or or doing something wrong i've always i told gene i always wanted i had a black tag team 
I wanted to call Ghetto Fabulous. I'll probably get canceled on Facebook for this, but I wanted to call them Ghetto Fabulous ones. Uh, they were going to jump Southern Pride and hang them with nooses. And for some oh, wow. reason, they didn't want to do that. I don't know why people don't want to do my angles. So. I, I can't imagine. I don't. I don't know how anybody could pass up on that angle, Brian. <laughs> All right, let's talk about IWL. Talk, <laughs> talk to me about. Here's something funny about IWF. I remember you and um, Scott Porto, Mike Jones, whatever the hell you want to call him now, uh, pulled me to the side one night after y'all had y'all had a plan for me. Uh, and <laughs> I remember you, this. <laughs> you really didn't think that I would do it. You were just like, uh, he's not going to. You tell me, I don't know if he's going to do this. You told Mike I wasn't going to do it. And tell everybody what y'all, what the story was written for me. Um, well, I we loved had, it, by the way. I we had, um, we had a guy, uh, by the name of Steve McCoy, who had wrestled around the area for a long time, never really got outside of Tupelo and, uh, and like I said, he greatest guy in the world, but you know, and he could do all the moves and everything, but you know, charisma wise at that point, <laughs> you know, he was kind of missing the mark a little bit. Well, we, uh, I'll never forget it. We were at my house and at the time, uh, Mike and his then wife was li- actually living with me we were roommates and he came out of the, um, he came, he walked in the house out of the, uh, off the back deck and he said, I've got an idea for Steve. And I said, okay. He said, you know, that coach BT guy, the one that wears the totes, the clipboard, wears the jerseys and everything. I said, yeah. He said, don't they look a little bit alike? And I was like, well, number one, I don't think, I don't really know BT well enough to say that to his face. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, we did, maybe, <laughs> we kind of did. Yeah. You look like my younger brother, really. May, yeah. may, maybe that works. And I said, well, okay. Yeah. He said, what if we put him as, Steve McCoy's manager, and we started calling him Sexy Steve because, in all honesty, there was nothing about Steve that was sexy. Right, and, right. Uh, and uh, he, I was like, I think that will work. I said, if if BT will go for it, and he said, Oh yeah, he'll go for it. So anyway, we had that conversation at TV. You were you were all about it. And dude, Steve was one of the most over things on the whole show. After it that, was I mean, so it, it worked fun. so well. Yeah, it, it was. It and was, then, a, but I knew who the, you know, we had, you had Jimmy doing commentary, so right. I couldn't be a uh, plus him. And then, uh, we, you had the manager with Leslie. So I knew my role would be small. So we're, what's my role going to be? It's just going to be coming out with my boys. And as soon as y'all wrote the storyline for me and during that time, Neil, I, you, you don't know this, but I never let anyone write anything. Really? No one write, wrote shit for me for any of my angles. Uh, when I was in Mid South, you name it, the only guy ever to write anything for me was you two guys. Oh, wow. And the Golden Boy came up with an angle, and I helped him uh, through it. But that was the only people that I had actually let write anything <laughs> because I wanted to be in control of everything. No, no, no. You know, well, I was a superstar, you know. Oh, uh, well, we all were. <laughs> we all have been at some point, or at least thought we were. Uh, what I want to say about IWF, and, and if no one has ever watched the TV, which I, I, I need to know how I could get those tapes, by the way, uh, I would love to watch that stuff again. But what do you think? Now, I, I did, I wasn't doing that kayfabe sheet at this time, uh, but I, I remember talking to you and Psycho, and y'all had the absolute biggest pops, except, you know, if I was in WWE or something like that, you two had the biggest pops coming out. 
that I think independent wise in that little building that I had ever felt or, or heard the crowd be so freaking loud. What made that, that crew so over? What is it because it was TV and y'all were considered TV stars or what do you think there? I had a big family. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, Neil. It was huge. Man, I, it was Psycho didn't. Psycho didn't have anyone there but me. So what the hell? Well, you know, well, you're Psycho and I are totally opposite ends of the spectrum. I think it worked with Psycho because everybody liked that gimmick, that look. And I mean, you know, Psycho was six foot four and weighed 300 plus pounds. And I mean, he looked crazy. I mean, there was no... There was no doubting him, you know, when you saw him, you know, come to come through a curtain or, or you know, be in the ring. Me, um, I don't know really what, I, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of people, because I was kind of the young guy then, uh, my God, I was, during those days, I was 20, I was either 19 or 20 years old, and now I'm 39, so that seems like it's so far away. But maybe I was just the young guy that, you know, was always fighting from underneath. Um, kind of a, a maybe an ode to Jerry Lawler, the fact that, you know, I always fought from underneath and, you know, people just got behind me, I guess. They could relate with, with what I was doing, maybe. I You know, I, I don't know. You know, I just I, – I would always go to the ring and give it all I had and uh, did the best I could, and it worked out. I said something about you on Brett Michael's show. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. I said, Neil to me was never a great wrestler. No, but he was a <laughs> listen, but you were a great worker. There's a difference in my mind. And you under you understood psychology quicker than any of the other guys from Mississippi did. And you understood what you had to do to get over and when to make the comeback and when not to make the comeback, take the beating for a little bit longer. Don't die completely. Things like that. You understood that quicker than I think. Now the other guys were a lot more skilled than you were, but you understood what you were trying to do out there as a baby face. We are going to go to a commercial break and we'll be right back with Neil Taylor. And I'm going to ask Neil, what did you think about my yearbooks, Neil? Join us on Sunday, March 7th for our live TV tapings at Top of the Line Banquet Hall. Limited tickets are on sale now at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com. episode is brought to you by spunk lube spunk lube is the perfect blend of water and silicone it is an all-purpose personal lubricant that can be used for any occasion you will love the natural feeling and look of it it is safe for sensitive skin go to spunklube.com and tell them shooting the shiznit sent you Excellent. 
That's right. Free delivery for selected local businesses on Uber Eats. If you use the code EATS-BRIAN-T24790UE, that's EATS-BRIAN-T24790UE, you share that code. I'm sharing it with you. You get $20 off a $25 order and $10 kickback comes to us here at Shooting the Shiznit. Use Uber Eats now! You know what time it is. It's time to talk about our sponsor. Let me let me put this uh, sponsor up. Everybody said, Manscaped, I need you to go right now. Promo code STSPOD. STSPOD. We are in the thick of winter. Oh, man. It is a, a big winter storm where Lance is. It looks like... Two feet. A, looks Two like feet. one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners, that's right, our buddies over at Manscaped, specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. All right, so Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. They got precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, you know, because I have to rhyme it. I get the good line. So the Lawnmower lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man because of the ceramic blade, the advanced skin-safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. There won't be any. So the trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim your trim in the shower, trim in the jacuzzi if you're a savage like me. You know, I don't know where you trim, but it's, the jacuzzi works for me. So Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. It is the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Weed Whacker, the ear and nose hair trimmer. That is invaluable because, you know, as guys, as we get older, the nose and the ear hair is there. Performance boxer briefs, I may or may not be wearing them right now. And a travel bag to keep it all in. So You were just talking about the nasty nose and ear hair. (laughs) They did a survey, and I think this is hilarious. 79% of the partners polled. (laughs) 79 admitted they didn't like that. I think it was more like 100%. So you might as well use the best tools for the job. This bundle also comes with a crop preserver, crop preserver, ball deodorant, and crop reviver ball toner. Uh, Lance, just so everyone knows, we sit here, we do these commercials, and I'm just going to – I'm. A, I'm going to throw this in. We use these products. We're not just, we're just not BSing you and telling you to use the code. We actually use those products. This bundle also comes with a crop, uh, like I said, crop preserver. Also, it's the anti chafing ball deodorant that will make your balls smell nice and make you feel like your testes are walking in winter wonderland. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and which hazel with which hazel extracts that you will make your balls look up at you and say thanks. And if you guys don't do this, I will get testy uh, just to make uh, keep, uh, keep the record straight here. So <laughs> don't get cold feet this winter. You do get 20% off and free shipping. What a great deal with the code STSPOD at Manscaped. Dot com. That's manscaped with a D past tense dot com. So they also have a ton of other amazing men's hygiene products on their website from disposable mats, which I need to find out about that for your pubes and foot deodorant. So I my feet don't smell, but I'll I'll use a good foot foot deodorant every so often. 
Right on, right on. 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code STSPOD. That's 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code STSPOD. Did I say STPOD? Thanks to Manscaped. Guys, thank Manscaped for making our winter wieners look (laughs) so good. Now back to the show. Hey, we're back from commercials. We want to thank our sponsors. Neil, there was always a, a joke that I, I got a picture of me and you, and you're holding a yearbook that we did for WrestlingRideOnline.com, and you got your nose all snared up, and you want to give me <laughs> hell about them all the time. What did you not like about my yearbooks? Well, <laughs> those yearbooks, to me, I mean – I know you put a lot of work into putting well, those just together. Just be honest. Yeah, yeah, but, I don't care. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, you know, I, it's just like he's copying and pasting every post he's ever made on his website and just well, true, publishing true, it. True. I mean, you know, I was like, this is a, uh, y'all act like this is the Great Gatsby. It's not the Great Gatsby. It's just he's taking a bunch of Facebook posts, copied them, and put them in a book. Well, I don't well it was a website. Yeah, but you're or, right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. I just, uh, but you got to remember my idea was to, in which I did, was to get more people to come to the website. These people in these towns had never, ever seen uh, the website or anything like that. So that was my idea. Me and Gene talked about this uh, when I was with him and his new partner there, uh, about some of the guys were mad because I owed them money. Because their <laughs> yeah. picture, their picture was yeah. in the in the yearbook. And if you don't know what we're talking about, I did Wrestle Right Online. I did yearbooks every year. That actually, if you go to my link in my uh, Twitter at Comic Book Bark BT, you can still order those yearbooks. I'm gonna send. Uh, I'm gonna send Neil here one, a couple of them, and so he he, he can look over them again. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Yeah, I, I, I actually kind of remember some of that now. You're you're really jogging my memory tonight. I, I remember some of that now. <laughs> yeah, we took a picture. You was at an XO, XOW show. Uh, I went with Psycho to the show and did a report. And um, I told Brett the other night, I think that was, and I can't remember who you were wrestling, but it was one of the better matches I ever seen you in. You had the crowd in the palm of your hand. And and at one point, uh, everybody thought you, you were doing near falls, you know, and no one knew what the hell a near fall was. Uh, but all of a sudden you did a near fall. Everyone thought you won. And, and then you gave it back to the, you know, to the heel. Tell me something. I have a, I had I always went to Mississippi and I know you remember this. I had Mississippi heat. You remember I had Mississippi heat? Oh, Cause yeah. I would go to Mississippi and I would come back and I'd say, Mississippi still sucks. And, but these are the list of guys that are still good. And it would be Neil Taylor, Brett Michaels, um, Tony Dabbs, Chris Stiles. Y'all were always the guys that I put over, but everybody else I said were worthless and they shouldn't be in the business. <laughs> so did you get hate from any of that? Did you get hate because your name was on the list? No, I don't think I ever got I got heat just because my I was who I was for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of drew heat to myself, I guess, but um I don't know. Maybe this attestment. You haven't been back to Mississippi since, have you? Oh no, I have. Well, not. here we are. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, well, I did go back and uh, and I got chased out of the dressing room. So, uh, oh my god, because of a story that I did. Uh, Watts, what was his name? Tony Watts chased me out. Of yeah, the, him and uh, me and Psycho drove for about three and a half hours. And Psycho looks at me and says, "Well, you ready? We'll go home." And I said. 
no, we're not going home. Well, you know, I can if you want to. And I said, no, no, Tony, don't bother me. I understand. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk about We talked about IWF. I want to talk about you're doing EPW now, and I see your picture. So what is your role there? Are you coming out as a commissioner? You're doing the Eddie Marlin thing, and I know you're working backstage, but but what is your actual role there in front of the crowd? Um, Well, as, front of, as far as in front of the crowd, I'm the commissioner of the show. All right. Um, I guess you would call my role now is I, I, I'm the promoter. I'm the promoter of EPW wrestling now. Um, kind of a managing partner, I guess. We kind of call it two or three different things because uh, Bone Crusher and I are kind of we're kind of partners in it. Um, but for the most part, I promote it. Um, I do a lot of the creative, uh, although I have kind of um, pushed that off on somebody else because. You know, just between managing everything else and the marketing and everything, it's it, it's a lot. And then uh, I'm I tell everybody I'm like the hardest working broke person ever because I have like a regular job, which uh, I help run an arena here in Mississippi. Uh, and then I've got like two side businesses. I have EPW Wrestling and then I have Hot Tech Media. Um, I've got six website clients that I deal with. So um I just really, I keep a pretty, I keep a pretty busy schedule. So, uh, hence the reason I, I talked to you, like, I think that we talked like two different times where I have to push this time back. I'm like, I'm tied up with this. Like, you know, we're going to have to wait or whatever, but, um, and I've done got way out in the woods, out in the woods, out in the weeds. But, uh, I, basically I, I promote EPW wrestling. We're right there in Boonville have been for 15 years. Uh, I started promoting Boonville wrestling, um, October, October 2018, I think something like that was October, but, um, but I I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, I decided to walk away from wrestling in the ring, um, in September of 2019. Um, and I, I enjoy what I do now. I, I really like it. It's, um, I think anybody that wrestles and gets in a ring needs to be a promoter at some point because you really oh, look at first. you really you really look at everything totally different. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, I'm I'm loving it. We're uh, right now we're uh, we're doing great things in Boonville. Um, you know we've got a lot of eyes on us now, and we've worked really really hard. We have a very very um, good team there, uh, and I, I do I love it. I've enjoyed the last couple of years. What, uh, and I, we, me and Brett talked about this. What is it because Boomble's so small or what, what do you think makes, you know, makes you have such a fan base? Because even in the day when, when I was covering the shows, uh, Boonville and TIWL, the weirdest things, but they were still drawing people when no one else was because there's nothing else to do in Trenton, Tennessee. And you, you, you worked TIWL, so you know mm -hmm. that. Uh, is that one of the reasons that Boonville, because I know Dundee had a run there. Uh, I, I was always critical, not as a person, because I don't know Bone Crusher, but, mm -hmm. but I remember writing, I looked at the XOW show and I, I, I remember writing, uh, wasn't impressed with his ring work, but man, he is over. Uh, yeah. I mean, the crowd absolutely loved this guy. Uh, so what do you, they, what do you and think? They still do. And they still okay, do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, what makes Boonville, Boonville? I mean, what does it make uh, everyone want to go there and watch uh, as fans, not, not as workers, but as fans? You know, it's interesting because, and, and we actually have a couple of tools in place with the, our website, epwwrestlingms.com. 
um, that we can kind of see our demographics um, of kind of where we draw people from. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because we actually draw a very small amount of people from actual Boonville. Oh, wow. Um, We have people that drive every week all the way from Olive Branch. Uh, We have people there from Tupelo, which is uh, 30 miles south of Boonville. Uh, we do have some people there in Boonville. We draw some people from Red Bay, uh, Iuka. So just that general area, you know, I think it's just a testament to uh, the show and the fact the show has been there so long and, you know, just a great group of talent that we have there now. And, you know, they, uh, you know, they come back, they come back week after week and, you know, we've consistently, uh, done really well of course with any business you have certain times of the year and certain things that you know you kind of have lulls but um you know I, I, we've done really well we have a great team and uh all the guys work hard and you I, know I something that's, that's coming across to me neil that doesn't make other professional wrestling uh <clears throat> shows successful is they don't treat it like a business and all I can hear you saying is I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. I do this. We do this. You even know when the downside is. Okay. Yeah. It's the same thing with me. I treat my podcast like a business. I know when I'm going to have the most hits, uh, you know, it surprises me sometimes and sometimes it doesn't, but right. I've always done that. Uh, Dakota Riley says one of the best promoters ever or ever had the chance to work for. We had a comment there. Five-star fan cam. Hey, Fred, glad, glad you're here. You do a great job, Fred. Neil. And Walker Sorensen said, what's up? So thanks for, thanks for listening guys and watching. Um, Boom Bull was always, I never went. I don't think I ever went to one show. It's really weird because I, I always went to, I don't know. I went to a show one time and I think it was some kind of benefit. It was and it lasted forever. It lasted forever. But it, and then when I came back, I was, that was another one of those shows where I said, okay, Neil's good. <laughs> Tony's good. Mike's good. Everybody else sucks, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of those things. All right. Let's talk about Memphis wrestling. You're going to be involved at Memphis wrestling backstage. Um, and, and, uh, Dustin, actually, I don't know if he mentioned it on the show, but he did tell me a way ahead of time. Hey, Neil's going to help, blah, blah, blah. But you had a stint in Memphis wrestling and, and before this too, right? I, I've got yeah. a question. Quick, I got some for you. I don't, I hope you don't, I hope you do laugh at it, but go yeah. ahead. You, you had a, you hey, had a stint. I, I'm a good sport and I'm, I'm very much a realist in the fact that, Hey, it is what it is. And it was what it was. <laughs> um, I did. I worked for, uh, I worked there while, uh, during Corey Macklin's run in Memphis wrestling, I believe it was on UPN then. And, right, uh, right. Yeah. you know, it was, uh, it, I mean, it was what it was. I went in put guys over. Um, but you know, I, it was something I always wanted to do and I got the opportunity to do it. And, um, I loved every minute of it. Um, uh, you know, I have a, I've got about a six inch gash on the side of my head, like right in here somewhere that, uh, that I got live on Memphis wrestling one morning, which is a very, very funny story, but, uh, well, it wasn't that funny, but, it was funny to me now, but, um, you know, oh, man, I, tell I, it. how'd you I, get the gas? How'd you get the gas? Uh, remember the, the insane, crazy clowns. Yeah. The poker yeah, face and rude. Face yeah. And rude yeah. And that, rude. And I have this ongoing joke that he tries to kill me every time he get, <laughs> we get in the ring together, but hey, it's the opposite story. for me. I tried to kill the rude a couple of times. <laughs> I think I broke one of his ribs. So well, yeah, there you go. well, I think I like you better now. Cause rude <laughs> seems to have it out for me, but, 
um, they were doing this crazy clown gimmick thing or whatever. We make the hot tag, me and tat, uh, tattoo or tagging, make the hot tag. I come in, house of fire, whatever. I go to the second rope to punch. Uh, I'm working on poker face. Here comes Rude with uh, this big pot thing or whatever that has uh, confetti in it or something. He hits me with it, but when he hits me, he hits me with like the brim of it, like on the bottom where it kind of turns up to the side. And he hit me, and I remember thinking, that burned a little bit. And I take the bump on the mat, and I'm laying there. They do the pin, one, two, three. Tattoo slides in. He goes, man, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. I said, uh, am I bleeding? He said, oh, yeah, you're bleeding. And I could hear, I could actually hear Corey Macklin going to commercial. And I thought, okay, I've got to get out of this ring because they got to clean it up. And we're live. We got to get out of the way. So. Uh, I roll out of the ring. There's a big bloody spot in the, on the mat. I come through the curtain, and who is the next segment? Jerry Lawler. So he, he looks at me and goes, what in the hell have you done? And I said, well, I don't know. I think my head's busted open. He said, well, let me see. So I stay away. He goes, oh, that's about eight staples. I was like, no, nope, no staples for me. So I go to the dressing room. I go to wasn't the dressing room. I go to a break room. I managed to change clothes with one hand with a towel on my head on the other. And, um, I go down to a CVS on union Avenue. Now, mind you, I still have this bloody towel on my head. So I meet this lady lady at the front door. She goes, Oh my God, baby, did you get shot? (laughs) I was like, no, ma'am. I was on the wrestling TV show. He goes, Oh, okay. Well here, come here and I'll help you out. So she gets, she got me some stuff together to manage my head up and, um, I dr- literally drove two hours home to Tupelo with my hand, my hand propped up and holding this towel on my head. But, um, that's my re- Memphis wrestling memory. And I, you know, like I said, you know, it was what it was. And I, I loved being there. I've only seen like a couple of matches. I would have loved there. it too. Yeah. It was yeah. one of those things where I'd love to have, I, if I was going to do coach BT, it would have been Memphis wrestling. That was just one of those things. I want to ask you, you know, the weird thing is the first time we met, we have a friend in common and JD McKay and y'all couldn't, y'all couldn't believe that I knew JD McKay. You're like, yeah. you know, J, what the hell? But JD had a chance too. He did a lot of jobs there on television with you. Uh, but what I want to ask you about, and I know you get ribbed about this. You got to. People got to ask you about this. Was the was the Bill Dundee the Bill yes. Dundee pile driver? So talk to me about the Bill Dundee pile driver. Oh how how did that? Was it worked out, or did he just so, decide? Tell me about it. So I don't even remember in the context of the show how this came up or what it was about. But um, there came, for some reason, I came in and Dundee was going to give me a pile driver and I was going to go down. And that was kind of the whole thing, putting Dundee over. And uh, I remember him coming to me and Dundee said, yeah, he said, I'll kick you. You bend over. I give you the pile. I'm like, how is this going to work? Dundee is like five foot seven, <laughs> five foot eight. I'm six, two. Right, right. There's and I'm 300 pounds. There's no way this is going to work. But hey, it's Memphis TV. It's Bill Dundee. Bill Dundee telling me what to do. <laughs> hey, I'm going to do all I can to make this work. And oh my lord, it looked absolutely terrible. And Derek King takes every possible advantage of telling me how horrible that was because 
it literally looks like he I, I bent over because I tried to do it and Dundee it, I mean we just rolled over each other it was horrible it was horrible but, but you know uh, what you telling the story there all I could think <laughs> about was I'm gonna pat you on the back now okay because if Dundee would have said that to me I probably would have just laughed got in my car and said see you later Bob if you're doing now, a pile if driver, Dundee so. if Dundee on Memphis television if Dundee said he was going <laughs> to give me a power bomb through a bag of dog dude you was going to do it like, brother <laughs> how do we go into this <laughs> right right but Let's yeah it was it was one of those things that that i never said anything to you really about i don't know if i really gave you hell on this uh on the uh website about it but i was the only one that didn't <laughs> and, but i um I remember as I'm getting ready, I hardly ever do any prep, but I, I wrote just some interview questions down. I was like, you know, the thing I remember about Neil and Memphis wrestling is that fucking pile driver from Dundee. <laughs> and I've got to give him hell, but oh, let's yeah. talk about, we got Memphis wrestling coming up. First of all, tell everybody. And now Brett told everybody, but I want you to tell everybody real quick. EPW. We talked about it. Uh, it's in Booville, Mississippi, every Saturday night. Uh, just put it over real quick. Promote it. Promote it. 1714 North 2nd Street, Booville, Mississippi. We are there every Saturday night. Um, bell time, 8 o'clock. Doors open at 7. Uh, we feature some of the, um, you know, I would say some of the hottest local talent. But, hey, we've, we've you know, grown and tried to bring in outside talent that's never been seen here before. Uh, guys like uh, Bam Bam Malone is there this weekend, uh, who is also working uh, the, the championship wrestling from Memphis TV tapings on Sunday. Uh, Francisco Chiazzo, we've had uh, Ace Austin in a couple of times. So we've really tried to grow outside of North Mississippi in this area to try to get in talent that people have never seen before. And, I noticed uh, that uh, you got Rhino coming uh, in oh, yeah. uh, next month, but I noticed something about you guys, the EPW that I've been, and it's maybe since you started doing a lot of stuff with them, is you guys are not falling back on the Memphis Legends, and we'll, I want to ask you something about that here in a minute. But you're not falling back on the Memphis Legends, and you're bringing in people like you just said. Uh, and I remember telling a promoter, I said, "Man, you need to bring some guys in like that are hot." independent all over the United States, do something different. Oh, they're, they would, you know, Michael Elgin and people like that mm -hmm. at the time. And oh, people don't want to see them. And, and you guys, y'all, I heard y'all had a big crowd for a little guy in Hornswoggle. So <laughs> man, you know, it, it, it's, and it still blows my mind. The Hornswoggle <laughs> thing that show has been there. Like I said, for probably 15 years or longer. And uh, we brought in Hornswoggle, and it was the largest crowd that has ever been in that building wow. at one time. I was literally afraid that the fire, mar fire marshal was going to come in and shut us down. It was that bad. I mean, you couldn't. The aisles were full. I mean, you couldn't get anywhere. And uh, it was. I did. Was I did actually a show in Potts Camp, Mississippi. At a fire department that I thought we was going to get in trouble for. Well, that was a sad thing. There were so many people in that little place in Potts Camp. Uh, tell us, what are you going to be doing? Dustin says he's going to be working backstage. What are you going to be doing for uh, Dustin and, and Championship Wrestling for Memphis? Uh, the new, the new, absolutely new, new Memphis Wrestling. The new, the new Memphis Wrestling. Well, I, you know, my, my role there is, um, I guess I'm a little bit of a producer. I'm a little bit of a stage manager. Um, you know, basically the timing of the show, keeping things moving, making sure people are where they need to be, um, it, which is something that the agent role, uh, as far as 
wrestling goes with WWE or anywhere else. It's something that's always been very interesting to me. And, uh, you know, I'm getting the opportunity to do that. Um, learning from somebody like Dave Marquez is huge to me. Oh yeah. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, and you know, just keeping things going and, uh, I'm excited about it. I really am. I, I'm really excited about it. We're going to do an official podcast here at stspod.club. Roll it into Mempho. We'll be reviewing the show. Um, but what I want to ask, Dustin said this on uh, Gene's podcast. He said it on his own uh, Memphis Live podcast uh, on Facebook one day. and Got a little heat for it, but uh, I want to hear your opinions on this. Uh, Bill Dundee, Jerry Lawler, those guys – they're too old to be in the ring. He doesn't want them in the ring. He didn't want him to wrestle on the show and what he's saying. And you know what he's saying, but, but what he's saying is, you know, we could use these guys in a commissioner role, like the mm-hmm. Eddie Marlin we talked about, but we don't want them in the ring. What is your, what's your opinion of the little legends being in, in the ring again? Uh, this gets me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that at some point in, Listen, I'm a big a Jerry Lawler fan, Mark, whatever you want to call, you know, I'm a I'm as big a fan as there, as there gets. Sure. Bill Dundee is somebody that I have grown to really um, I love him to death. He's become a friend. We've, you know, we've made a road trip or two together. I love Bill to death. But, you know, there comes a time when, and and I mean, this happened for them. You know, there was a time when, um, Jackie Fargo said, you know, it's time to, it's time to, to put over the young Jerry Lawler. It's time to, you know, it's time to hang it up. And, you know, I don't know so much of Jerry Lawler is in that Jerry. I mean, it, when people tell me how old Jerry is, I don't, it's like, I don't see it. And I don't know, maybe it's the fan in me, but you know, Jerry still looks good. He still performs as well as he did in the eighties to me, because, you know, Lawler is, you know, I fashioned myself as a baby face after Jerry Lawler. He didn't have to do a lot. All he had to do was sell. And that's how I learned how to get over. Um, but I just think there comes a time when everything evolves. And I think that it's, it, I mean, it's now. There hasn't been Memphis wrestling on TV in several years. There's an opportunity for it now with a new group of guys. And, hey, why not? I agree time, 100%. You know, I've been, time. yeah. I have, uh, we've talked about this on the podcast. I've been doing this podcast again for four years and I'll bring it up that, um, and and you tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Jimmy, when Jimmy Hart left, I'm going all the way back to Jimmy Hart going to Hmm. WWE. Um, the only two guys I can think that they made, um, was Brian Crisper and Jeff Jarrett. Now PG 13 might be in that because Randy really worked to get them over. Uh, but that was the only other stars that we had. Maybe Kevin White too. Kevin White got a good point, but that's the only other store stars that we had. So it's time to let, and and now you got Alan Steele, you got Derek King. They're kind of the veterans. They were on power pro, but then you got guys like Brett Michaels. I told Brett and I, I, I text Dustin today. I said, Here's here's a guy that's going to get over. You mm-hmm. bet he's going to really get over for you because no one has ever seen this kid, uh, and he's not. But that's the way I look at him as a kid in wrestling. And he's he's got the body, he's got the look, he's got the charisma. He's going to get over big time for Memphis wrestling. But that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited. Number one, 
I told Dustin, look, I'm the kayfabe guy. I'm the guy that Memphis wrestling never wanted to be any part of. But when you started doing what you did, you reached out to me and said, look, you want to do a review podcast? Is that what you want to do? Blah, blah, blah. I, I become part of it. He's the only guy in Memphis wrestling to do that. I'm 54 years old, been watching it since 78. I'm the, I'm so fired up about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he's got to, I think you all understand that y'all are not disrespecting the legends. Absolutely. You're just, you're just retiring them. <laughs> and eventually they have, to, I know that sounds bad, but they, yeah. eventually they do have to retire. And, uh, and, and I think you put it right. You, you biggest fan. I am too. Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee were my two Absolutely. favorite wrestlers. Um, Jimmy Valiant as a heel. I just oh, love Jimmy Valiant. <laughs> um, I just can't imagine. I, I've got. A, I've, I've seen some video of Jimmy of Jimmy Valiant being a heel, but you know, and I guess I just I think about my experience working with him, and it's just like, right, how, right. how can this man ever be a heel? I just, how do you not like Jimmy Valiant? He's such a great guy. No, oh, I love it. When I was a kid, I was uh, in sixth grade. I drew a, a tattoo of Jimmy Valiant on my arm. <laughs> and um, I've told this story, I think, one time on here. But I drew it, uh, and I, the teacher said, did you draw that on your arm? And I said, yeah. She goes, who is that? And I was so fucking offended, Neil. I was so mad <laughs> that she didn't know that was Hanser Jimmy on my arm. I mean, well, she, probably, she may have thought it was Moses or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, she thought you're really, maybe she thought you were really into the Bible. Yeah, that might have been. <laughs> hey, man, I wish you all the luck. I know you're going to love doing what you're doing down there. Uh, and you know, me and you both know Dustin's a great guy. Dustin has been a fan and has want to, been wanting to do this for a long time. Oh, yeah. And he is going to uh, – you guys got a good crew. I wish you the best of luck. But put over anything you want to put over, your Twitter, your Facebook, and then we'll get out of here. Um, EPW wrestling, ms.com, the website, go and uh, check that out. Uh, we get, we do discount tickets every week for, for those that go and buy them online. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at EPW wrestling, ms, Instagram at EPW wrestling, ms, and Twitter at EPW wrestling, ms. And we've, we got a little, we got to work a little harder on the Twitter, but we are on there. Um, we got a huge show coming up March the 13th, uh, Crossroads Clash, where we have uh, ECW original, WWE star, current Impact star, Rhino coming in, uh, James Ellsworth, and Gilberg. You, uh, you, re you referenced a while ago of you know people bringing in folks you'd never thought of, and hey, Gilberg will be in Corinth, Mississippi, March the 13th at Crossroads Arena. Uh, we're very, very excited about that. Um, and what we were just talking about, Championship Wrestling of Memphis um, debuts uh, February 7th, February 27th on television, uh, the first TV tapings of this weekend. And uh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be right in the middle of the independent scene. Uh, I feel that way now. too, but I've told everybody no spoilers. I don't, I don't <laughs> want anybody to, when I yeah. was uh, in Memphis wrestling, I used to get the spoilers from a kid in the, uh, in the dressing room. I'm not in the yeah. dressing room. He was in the crowd, but there's, I remember Corey going into the dressing room saying, who the hell told this tremble guy this? Who, who the <laughs> hell? And, and, and it wasn't none of the guys in the dress. They were all innocent, believe it or not. Uh, that's, right. that, that's happened in the last 10 years. Uh, you just don't know it. <laughs> who told that Brian Trumbull guy all this stuff is putting on this website? What is this website? 
Anyway. Uh, that got told a lot of times. So a lot of times, you know, uh, until I started doing the website, there's a couple of things. Number one, some people didn't even know what kayfabe, the word kayfabe was. Uh, and number two, uh, I would count the people in the crowd and multiply it by the number or someone would say we had 120 and I'd put the gate up there and the boys would be going, we didn't, they said we didn't draw, but you know, a hundred dollars. And I'm oh, like, Lord. no, it's uh, $5 a head times uh, 200 <laughs> people. What is that? And no one knew they, they would get uh, mad at the promoter because they were kayfaving them, uh, yeah. telling them they didn't make any money. There was Jonesboro <laughs> was sending me fake numbers so that, <laughs> yeah, they had, how would you send fake numbers? You had 350 to 400 people in the building. Okay. But they right. told me they only had 120 to 200 so that the boys wouldn't know what the gate was. No, if you ever had your house burnt down, I'm just, no. just asking. Uh, don't say okay. that. Look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonder it didn't happen then with some of these promoters. Oh, uh, I had, you know, the funny thing, and me and Gene talk about this all the time, and, and people that just started the, you know, with this mm-hmm. uh, uh, club don't understand that uh, everybody hated BT. Everybody <laughs> hated BT, all right? Until BT stepped in the dressing room, and then they all kissed my ass. So that just the way it was, everybody but Alan Steele. And yeah. Alan Steele said, it don't matter what he thinks about the matches. Don't y'all get it? It doesn't matter. That's what, And I was, I was like, Alan, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> Kill him again, That's brother. my gimmick, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Same bad time, same bad channel. On the best little wrestling podcast in the business. Be there. And Neil, you don't know this, but I love my mama. Did you enjoy that episode? Cash App us. That's right. Dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. Cash App us. $1, $2. If you Cash App us over $12, I'll give you one year of Patreon for free. Graphic design is very important. Your logo is the first image potential customers see. What kind of impression would you want to make today? Need a podcast logo or a t-shirt design? KT does art. Her name has become synonymous with quality and professionalism in the graphic design community. She specializes in graphic design, painting, and more. She provides affordable commissions and professional quality with a timely delivery. Contact KT via email at KT underscore does art at yahoo.com. Check out her Instagram at Instagram.com slash KT underscore does art. Hey, that was another great episode of Shooting the Shiznit. We're currently looking for contestants for who wants to be the best Shiznitter ever championship 2021. A shout out to our sponsors this month. And also, we have Patreon. It is only $1 at www.patreon.com slash shooting the shiznit without a G. A big thank you and a shout out to Bob McGee at Pro Wrestling, Between the Sheets, and Gene Jackson at localstolegends.com. You can reach us on Twitter at comicbookmarkbt, Instagram BT shooting the shiznit without a G. Facebook shooting this isn't with a G, and we're also at Cool Kids Wrestling and MMA Talk. You gotta ask to get in. If we don't like you, we'll kick you out. That's right. And you can get all the archives to all the episodes at www.stspod.club. All right, let's do a roll call of my favorite podcast. 
show, my favorite non-wrestling podcast would be Who's Right Podcast, Paul Boys Podcast, The Official Podcast, Man Brain Podcast, My Favorite Murder Podcast, I Am Fat Podcast, and my buddies over there, Richard and Josh at P3 Radio. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today, and remember, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars.